Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. You, you look at the lives of those who God used most powerfully in, in the Bible. And they overcame, and they came through periods of seeming loss, uh, seeming defeat. And specifically, I'm thinking of David and Joseph, who endured living through, well, from the place where they had a great promise from the Lord, they lived through an extended period of, of seeming failure and, and defeat, but somehow they were able to hold on to what they knew was true in, in light of circumstances that shouted that it was not true. And, and, and this is a, a big part of what God does in, in us, his people, today. We, we each of us, we, we have to go through similar tests. And... And we, we must hang on to what we know God has said deep, deep inside of us and, and not let doubt and apparent defeat steal from us the actual victory. Father, thank you that you are our sufficiency. You're our provider, our protector. You're the God of justice and the God of mercy at the same time. And Lord, we're thankful that we can be called your people. Thank you for what you're doing in us and among us, what you're doing in our city. Lord, we choose to believe that you're you're doing something 
huge in our city. That there is a spiritual awakening coming to this city like we've never seen. It's even more than we can really dream about. So Lord, we, we set our faces and our hearts toward you. And we say, have, have your way. For the glory of your Son. Amen. So my apologies for the mistake on the PowerPoint last week. Apparently I had Ephesians 1 where I should have had Ephesians 3, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, you guys figured it out, so <clears throat> that's good. Um, after last week's message about how God is going to bring the church into fullness... Uh, and and that even is is something that I don't think we really have a grid for right now. Um, we we can pray toward it and and we should we should seek the Lord on it and and we should pray in agreement with Him toward it. But. Uh, I don't think we know what that's going to look like, kind of like we don't know what the spiritual awakening that God will bring to Cheyenne, we don't know what that's going to look like. But it's, it's, going, to be, it's going to impact every household in the city. And one of the enemy's strategies to, to derail the big things that God would do is is to sow seeds of doubt and unbelief in the hearts of God's people. So we have got to guard our hearts against that doubt and unbelief. I, I wish I could remember, I, I think it was probably Terry Bennett who who said this, that, that God won't meet us in, in the place of our unbelief. And so when, when we get to a place of having a hard time believing that God is going to do what he said, uh, whether it's big picture or in our own life, uh, we we can often i mean the temptation is to get into a a pity party and start to not believe that that god is is going to do that and i think 
what that does is, is it postpones further what God wants to do. Because God will wait for us to come back to the place of faith before he will start to move on that again. You think my batteries are going, or is that you? Okay. <laughs> okay. Have, have you experienced that in, in your own life? I, I think I have. So, our, our challenge is to remain in, in that place of faith, believing that what God said is true, and, and that he will do what he has said he will do. And, I mean, that's, that's like step one. But there, there is a way, I believe, for, for us to, I don't know if we necessarily speed up the process or if we uh, just keep from slowing down the process further. Um, I don't know that we can really speed up the process. But our, our part in this is, is to position ourselves before the Lord from, from that place of belief, that, that place of faith. And uh, I, was, I was told by uh, a powerful intercessor that the most powerful intercession is how we live our lives. And if, if we live our lives in, in such a way that we are continually positioning ourselves for that thing that we are having faith for that God is, is going to do, then I, I think we, we will fail to slow down the process at, at the very least. Because that, that's what, what God wants. And, and we can look at some of the fathers of the faith in, in the Old Testament, and, and that's, that's what they did. Uh, I mean, Abraham is, is a pretty amazing story. Uh, he, he was in a completely pagan culture, and the Lord just spoke to him and, and said, Abraham... Uh, get up and move away from your family to a place that I will show you. I'm, I'm not even going to tell you where, but just, just go with me on this, and, and I'll show you when we get there. 
And that really is, is the same offer that he gives to every one of us who come to him. Because we, we don't know. We don't know where God is, is going to take us. We, we don't know what it's going to look like. We, we don't know what we're going to have to get, go through to get there. We, we don't know everything that we're going to have to leave behind to get to where he's going. But yet, he, he makes that offer to us. And, and that is what it looks like to be his people. We, we are the people who don't know where we're going or how we're going to get there. But we have joy in, in that. that. That's kind of what it means to be the people of God. But, but we want to know. And, and we, we want to figure it out. Because we, we want to have contingencies. Because there, there are some things that we don't want to happen or we don't want to have to go through. And, and so we, we make these strongholds, these, these contingencies. So that if, if this happens, well then I'm, I'm going to do this rather than just asking God and trusting God and doing it his way and slowing down the process, right? Because how many times have you been stuck in your own contingency and God had to wait for you to give up that thing <laughs> so you could get back with his program. <laughs> well, most of us would, would probably either say yesterday or today. <laughs> if we were honest, I, I think. Are, are we, can, can we get to the place where we're comfortable being completely out of control? <laughs> or maybe a better way to put that, are, 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 can we get to the place where we are completely comfortable not being in control? That's probably a better way to put it. Yeah. That's, I think that's part of what this fullness is, is going to look like. Is getting to that place. And, and it... It really has to start from 
that that place of faith that our God has yeah we'll we'll dismiss the kids so you guys can go have have a little bit of time <laughs> so Getting to the place where we are comfortable not being in control, as I was saying, it it starts from that place of faith, believing that Jesus already is victorious over everything. And and we are in him, and he is in us, and as such, we, we have a part in his victory. And since, because Jesus is is the one who has defeated everything he he defeated sin sickness death the kingdom of darkness everything the the end is is already established and and that's that's why some people call Jesus uh the eschatos the the one who is the end. Uh, eschatology is the study of the end times, the things of the end. When we come to Jesus, we have met the one who is the end. And he's, he's already established the end. And, and our part is, is just to, to fill in the middle. Because the end is, is already known, and it, we're, we're already victorious. And so I, you know, I, I, I was thinking this week after the message last week, uh, if, if this fullness is, is where we're going, how, how do we get there? Did that occur to anyone um, over this last week? I, I see a few heads nodding. Um, because that's important. And that's, for, for us, that, that fullness is, is part of the end where Jesus is, is taking us. And I, I really... Everything that I've been saying to you since we stopped that last song uh, is brand new to me. I'm just giving it to you as it's coming. <laughs> it's more comfortable for me to be doing this now than it was some time ago. <laughs> but uh, I, 
This, this is what the Lord is saying to us right now. And I, I think what, what he's giving us is a, a key to getting there, to, to getting toward fullness in, in the body of Christ. And, and the thing is, there, this, this much I do know, um, that, that there is no fullness for, for you and, and I apart from we. Okay? Because this fullness is, is not some place that Jesus is taking individual Christians. It's it's some place that he is taking the church. Okay? And and I I, I do know this that there there will be no getting to fullness out outside of the church. So that that is a key point of understanding. Uh, and there's um <laughs> Okay, Lord. See, Jesus laid his life down for for the church. What was that? Oh, somebody's on the phone out there. Um, we know that he he loves us individually, but he has a plan for us corporately. And we, we need each other to, to get into where he's taking us corporately. Because he, he, he is, he's given certain unique gifts to individuals and, and he, he has made each one of us to be a, a certain part of the body and there there won't be any getting to fullness outside of us being a body so that that is important and and it is God's work. It's another one of the keys he, he did give us last week. And and that was and I just lost it. The the key of just saying yes. 
because this this isn't some place where we where we can get ourselves the the fullness of the church the glory of god being revealed in the church we we can't get there ourselves but it's it's god's work and and we continually just say yes to him and part of we we remember from from last week that part of the idea of this fullness is that god wants to reveal his wisdom to the principalities and powers he wants to reveal the wisdom of his plan to to redeem human beings. He wants to reveal that to the principalities and powers through the glory that he will bring forth when the church is in fullness. And all of creation is going to rejoice when when that happens. But we we have a part in this and the part of saying yes is teaching us spiritual warfare. And I, I am going to get to a passage of scripture, I think, uh, in 2 Corinthians because I, I think part of, of the teaching, part, part of the teaching of God's manifold wisdom to the principalities and powers is, is going to be the effectiveness of the church in spiritual warfare on, on a large scale. But... To get there, we, we have to learn spiritual warfare in our own lives. And when I read this passage in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, this is out of the Amplified. It, it kind of comes a little more to life out of, out of this version. But let's let's look at that. Second Corinthians ten, starting in verse three. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. We lead every thought 
and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. So, I want to go back to uh, what probably is the end of verse 3 or the beginning of verse 4, since mine doesn't have uh, verse numbers in it. But these weapons are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. As we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. So, I, I want us to see this in the context of what I have been saying. Uh, that these these arguments and theories and reasonings and proud and lofty things that set themselves up against the true knowledge of God, those are essentially our, our doubts and contingencies. Uh, they, they are the reasons that we say no to God. We do say no to God. Why, why do we say no to God? Do we want to say no to God? No. It, deep in our hearts, we, we don't want to say no to God. If we have been born again, we, we don't enjoy that anymore. Before we were born again, we could say no to God and enjoy it. After we're born again, we, we still sometimes say no to God, but we don't enjoy it because we, we feel bad. And that's part of the evidence that we've been born again. But this is our spiritual warfare. That, that happens in, in your heart and, and my heart, your mind and, and my mind. And that warfare is, is about tearing down those strongholds or contingencies that we make either to protect ourselves because we're just not quite sure that God is quite good enough or effective enough at protecting us in all situations. And, and I, I think this, this is something that... Uh, 
hit me a, a few years ago, maybe maybe for the first time, that that following God is not safe. We most of us were probably told at some point when we were young that you know come come to God and and everything will be better. Right? Were most of you told that? And come come to God and everything will will be good. That wasn't all true, was it? Because sometimes he he will put us in situations where we would rather not be in. Because sometimes he has to get us in those situations to reveal what's really in our hearts. So so that he can then once he's exposed it, then he can deal with it. And we can deal with it with him using this spiritual warfare process. Once, once we know an argument is there, once we know a stronghold is there, a contingency then we can cooperate with God in tearing it down with with these spiritual weapons that he's given us since he is victorious so my my encouragement to us today is to let him take you where he wants to take you. And, and don't, don't fight it because he has a purpose for, for what he's doing. And his, his ways are higher than our ways. and His thoughts are smarter than our thoughts. And he, being the creator of the human heart, he understands better what it is that, that we need. So our, a big part of our spiritual progress in corporately and, and even individually is using these tools of, of spiritual warfare to, to tear down our arguments and reasonings and the proud and lofty things that set, set themselves up against the true knowledge of God. And, and we, we can't allow our circumstances to define our understanding of what God is like. And Joseph is, is maybe the best example of, of this. We, we know that 
the vision that, that he had as, as a young man, he, he had a couple dreams of all of his brothers bowing down and even his mother and father bowing down before him and being probably a relatively proud young man, being the favorite son, shared it with the family. And, and we know the journey that that led him to, being sold into slavery by his brothers. And even in that, he was, he was faithful. And then he was falsely accused of something and, and ended up in prison and, and was in prison for years and, and was, was faithful in prison to uh, help run things and, and uh, every, everything went well that was under his care. So he, he, was, he was still following God, still believing God, and his, his is the best picture in, in the Bible, to me, of, of how suddenly, in, in a moment, God can completely turn everything around. Because here he is, one moment he's, he's in prison, and the next minute, somebody is coming and telling him, hey, Pharaoh wants to see you. You better clean yourself up. And, and he comes, and we, we know the story. He interprets Pharaoh's dream, and, and suddenly, Pharaoh makes him the second most powerful person in, in the world. And, and David how he, he had been anointed king and then for years he, he is hunted down by the one who was then king and on the run and, and just uh, look, looking like nothing was, was ever going to happen. He, and, and he had the opportunity to try to make things happen. He, he could have killed Saul himself on a couple different occasions. But he, he waited. And again, suddenly, God turned everything around. So, we, we need to hold on to what God has said to us. We, we need to fight the spiritual warfare in, in our own lives and our own minds so that our, our own households can be a place where, where the kingdom flourishes. And as our own households come into the peace 
the, the joy, the victory of God, then, then this corporate expression of the church becomes more and more a place of the peace and the joy and, and the victory of God. And, and God moves us and, and we see God doing things that he has said in different people's lives, and, and we rejoice with them as God does those things. And, and we, we see others who are going through those periods of apparent loss and, and defeat, and, and we stand with them and, and we strengthen one another's faith through those times so that individually and corporately we can hold on and, and move toward what God has said. That, that's the church. And at... At any given time, there's, there's people in all those different places. So we, we, need to, we need to be real with each other about our victories and our challenges. And, and sometimes our, our spiritual warfare, even that we're fighting individually, needs reinforcements. So, so we find a brother or a sister to, to stand with us and, and battle with us to, to step into that victory. And, and sometimes a, a household needs somebody, some other household to stand with them to, to get beyond certain things. And, and so this is what we need to do with each other, for each other. Uh, as, as God brings us forth in, into a body and not just a, a collection of parts. Because it's, it's through ministering to one another in the power of the Holy Spirit and serving one another, serving alongside one another, is through all those things that God builds people, individuals, into a body. So... I ask you to agree in prayer with me that God will just continue that work in us and among us, that, that he would build us into a body and, and move us into more and more fullness and, and teach us how how to 
have a better way, how to enter into his victory in, in our own lives. Uh, defeating the no's. Because, I mean, Jesus is the only one who, in, in his own life, he, he defeated every no to God. So that he could always say yes. It, it wasn't that he didn't have any of those thoughts or temptations. He overcame them all because the word says he was tempted in every way as we are. Yet he was without sin. So he could say, the enemy has nothing in me. So let, let me just leave you with a, a thought and an assignment, maybe. Uh, we, were, we were in Ephesians 1 and 3 and 5 last week. And we were looking at the idea of, of fullness. If, if you look at Ephesians 3, 4, and 5, and 6 this week, you'll, you'll see a lot of practical stuff in there from Paul about how to... Uh, how to live rightly with God, how, how to live rightly with each other, both inside and outside the family. And I think there's even some stuff in there about how to live rightly or relate rightly to things. Is that this this is practically our our spiritual warfare. It's how to do those three things: how to relate rightly to God, relate rightly to other people, and relate rightly to things. In in light of our real God and what He is really like. and in light of who we are in relation to him. So let, let's pray. Father, I, I thank you uh, that you're for us. You're, you're completely for us. And the work that you began in us, you, you will bring to completion Lord, I, I pray for each of us individually that you will teach us how to enter into your victory in our own personal spiritual warfare by removing all the no's 
from us. And, and so expose them first and, and then remove them. And Lord, I, I pray you would build us into a body uh, more, more than we've ever seen. And Lord, move us as part of your church to, to fullness. And we, we pray corporately that you'd move your church in the earth to fullness for the glory of your Son. Lord, we thank you for who you are, who we are in you, who you are in us. In Jesus' name, amen.